OPN Ask an Angel podcasts are conversations with global angel investors and venture capitalists. We explore how to invest, understanding investment strategies, and approaches to due diligence. Join us and learn what it takes to be a startup or what it takes to invest in the next great company. Welcome, Azam. Very excited to have you here today. Um, today, we, uh, we've been doing interviews with a lot of different angels. Uh, it started off to be in Canada, now it's become uh, angels across North America. And today, we want to learn a little bit more about you and what you like to invest in, why you invest, why you got into this space, and we'll go into a bunch of those different details. But maybe today, you can just give us a little bit of a background of yourself, where you came from, and then today, of course, where you are, and we'll go from there. Thank you so much, the same here, uh, for having me. Uh, my name is Azam, I'm a pretty new, like angel investor. I've been in tech, I can tell you that from the day that I graduated from university because my background was back to computer and after that I moved to business and I understand there is something in business area. So I started to like everyone, you know, with the, uh, working in the corporation. At the very moment that, you know, to, back to 2013, that we started our first business, uh, which was a, a mobile application rights sharing. And all of this journey started and it was too much um, excitement moment and also too much uh, le uh, lesson, lesson learned. So uh, I started to jump into this uh, ecosystem. I'm super happy, uh, to be honest, so far have been a lot of up and down, as you know, that the nature of startup, how is that? But uh, in general, I'm very excited to take a decision in order to move to this area. So I'm here and uh, open to uh, answer any question you may have. Awesome. So you mentioned that you're kind of new to the space. So what got you interested in startups? What was the, what kind of pushed you or changed the whole mindset from going corporate to something small? Yeah, yeah, you're right. So the point is that, you know, uh, as you may know from uh, investment point of view, probably investing is sort of especially for the people that, you know, they are safe in a corporation side is not is risky you know the majority of the new companies and the new products simply don't make it because there are a lot of reasons why and a lot of competition in the market especially in north america but you know to me it's more than dollar sign you know because you know during the past experience that i had in there i mean dealing with investors and also you know trying to build trust with them to invest in my dream it was kind of challenging and too much stress and too much lesson learned so uh, and the very moment that I was thinking, if I can make uh, the, our business successful, and if I can uh, be, I mean, safe, uh, to, you know, from a sort of um, ecosystem, uh, and one day I became an investor, I see, I try to see the soul of a startup, an entrepreneur, as I, you know, I, I expected from the beside of the investment and the money and all of the conversation and the cap table and all of the financial information that majority of investors, they are thinking about that. Someone see the soul of the people behind of that and support their value and also the, the self-sacrifice that they did in order to build something matters to them and their society. So that is the main reason that I uh, uh, decided to become an investor. Well, that sounds ex pretty exciting and a good way to do it. Yet you wanted to learn both sides and then figure out uh, how to help a startup balance what they're going through to get funding. Uh, you yeah. mentioned that uh, what you were looking to do is you're getting people to invest in your dream. So maybe you can explore that a little bit more with us because I'm curious to see, was there something that you did to help de-risk the investors so they would want to come into your dream? But how did you get them to do that? And what did you start to see throughout this journey of uh, convincing investors and de-risking the whole opportunity so that they'll want to invest? Is there a tactic or a trick or something that you've learned or you've done over time uh, to get investors ready for this? Um, yes. Now you're an investor, so you're investing in other people's dreams, right? So is there something you did to get people to, to help you? To me, and based on my experience, you know, a sort of is a dream game. Of course, there are a lot of items behind of that, the market and the idea and et cetera, the team. But the point is that the, the person is going to build something and start dreaming about building something. All the game started from that moment and how much this person is, uh, I mean, serious about it, this game. So for me, it was that, you know, when Monte started from, I mean, because the, the first application that we have started, it was a carpooling application, mobile application back to 20. 
13, Uber came up to the market, a lot of stuff regarding to technology and the technology and with the traditional, uh, I mean, the ecosystem in the market. So we're dreaming about, okay, let's make something customized based on the specific market because we have started from Latin America and you know how is the market of Latin. Is that completely different, completely different structure and the people and culture, etc., and also different needs. So when we started to build this dream and adapt it, you know, with the North America, mix some mixing of these two, we have seen that, uh, you know, and sorry to uh, relearn that we have to talk at some point with the uh, investor because you know at first we just you know count on ourselves and dream and the money and the fund and we invested a lot and risk. To be honest, that's why I told you that about the sacrifice. So we learned that, okay, at some point, since the business goes very well, it's the momentum that, you know, we have to bring investment and also this gold um, player in the market. So we started to, you know, communicate with them. We understood at earlier stage, especially we didn't have any experience to become, you know, entrepreneur. So at first we have seen that, you know, this is, we are not prepared for that, you know, so we have to deal with them. We have to sell this idea. They have to trust on us and trust on an idea beside of all of the elements that we have tried to put on the right place, you know, I mean, the team, the projection, the model, et cetera, et cetera. So all of our relationship or the properly, the uh, secret sauce that we have, it was the personal connection and the trust that they mailed on us, you know, because they have seen us that we are, you know, fully 100% dedicated for the business. And we have seen that Something, it has a purpose for us, you know, it was not just, you know, let's make something, you know, to, you know, because that moment, uh, I sort of, and this idea came up and everyone wanted to uh, try it. So it was not that, it was a serious job for us, 24 hour, all of the family, everything, the financially focused on that to make it happen. And actually, I can tell you that we made it happen. But the point is that the challenge for investors, especially for uh, uh, the venture-based or venture-backed investor that we have, sorry to to talk to them it was uh, seriously it was uh, too much stuff regarding the trust regarding who we are regarding how we are going to do that and that is the i mean the something i can tell you that it is what drove me in order you know to if i one day i became that kind of angel investor or investor try to see the other side of the game as well you know because if you have a good team if you have a proper business model the rest is done execution these people that they are making too much sacrifice and risk, they can make it happen, you know, even though if necessary, they can pivot and change the business model. This is not the big deal. The team, who they are, stay for up to end, you know. So that is the kind of, you know, I told you that they are regarding to the relationship with the investor, that it's good to build that at first. And after that, the rest of the items came up. And that's, uh, that's some good advice. And I, I think you, you kind of rounded out a, a bunch of different things and, uh, I think you're really looking at how you de-risk the business again is the biggest thing for the, the investors so that they'll have interest. You've got the right team, you've got the right product, you've got the right drive, you're working 24 hours a day. It sounds like you've kind of full rounded all of these things that you do and you did in order to get the investors attention and get them uh, feeling comfortable with what you guys were doing. Uh, you mentioned one thing and I, I think it really stands out and maybe it's something that doesn't get talked about a lot. And that was uh, count on ourselves. And you mentioned that you got to count on yourself. And uh, it's interesting you say that because I've never actually heard anybody say this when it comes to a startup, but that's believing in yourself and driving that business and doing all these things that really get behind what you're trying to achieve. And then finding like-minded people, like you mentioned on the team side, that get behind yeah. you. Um, is there a certain trick that you might have or a way that you can change your mindset so that you can tell other founders, hey, you know, you got to believe in yourself. Is there something you got to do, like write it on a wall, like believe in yourself and then everywhere you wake up and you write, you read, believe in yourself. Like what is there that you can really get some of these startup founders to start to understand that they're doing something great, but it's going to be a tough slag to get through it? I think everyone has their own formula. You know, I mean, that everyone has a user experience during the years that they live and they work and et cetera, you know? So everyone has their own way or the philosophy for that. But for me, because, you know, when we decided to start that, thinking about it, this journey and this idea and this model, it started before funding of the company. You know, it was like a three, four months 
we try as much as possible. We get some uh, advice, we talk, we research, we did our due diligence before even funding company, you know, to be sure that this is, we are, because we are going to, we are supposed to put the 100% of everything on that, you know, the time, the family, the, the money and everything. So you have to be sure there is no way back, you know, we have to just go straight forward. So there is no we're way. All in. On, yeah, we are all in. So for that reason, I, I, that is the, uh, the reason I say that I put myself and all of the experience and all of the skill that I have, uh, there is no perfect person, even doing the investor side. You know, there is not perfect. You should be perfectionist, but there is no moment that we say is done and is over. You have to always, you know, look for more and more and more because this space is unlimited. You know, you can do as much as you want. You can even doing the business side, in operational, in investment side, you know. So that is, I mean, the secret sauce or the reason why is that I did by myself in this sit down, you know, have a privacy and think three, four months, gather all of the information is required, do diligence personally about it. This whole journey is not about the just idea because, you know, sometimes idea make you uh, poison your mindset. You cannot think. So you think that this is the best and brilliant. To be honest, there are a lot of brilliant idea in the world that a lot of them, they could be successful that a lot of them they felt, even though that the idea at the moment and the time was brilliant, you know? This, there are a lot of uh, factors or criteria out of your control, you know, even the luck. Sometimes luck is very important to, at the right moment, connect with the right person or do the right things or changes in product. So for this reason, before that, you have to settle down and take a decision. If you wanna get in into this game, this is all in, you know? so. Always you have to think there is no way back. So that make you, you know, push you, motivate you to go to the, all of these up and down situations that there are a lot. Yeah. Well, I like that. Uh, it reminds me of uh, a line I always use when I'm explaining this to other CEOs or other company members is that uh, I have to live on the brink of destruction every day. I have to think to myself that if I don't do this, nobody else will. And it, it has to motivate me and drive me to make sure that I do this or I'm going to fail. And, you know, they talk about failing fast and everything else. But to me, it's not about failing fast. It's about envisioning where you're going to go and how you're going to get there. And that taking no for an answer and making sure that you can't fall back. Because if you fall back, there's no one there yeah. to catch you. So you really do have to push yourself and find ways to motivate and get yourself driven to say, you know what, I'm building something and I'm going to make this work. And uh, you, you talk about... Uh, when to bring investors into your business? When do you feel that your business is in a good spot, a good position? Is it based on revenues? Is it based on team size? Is it based on burn? There's a lot of factors that go into de-risking your business, but there's also a lot of factors that would go into regulating where you feel you're at a good spot that you should start looking for dollars. And do you have a formula or do you have anything that you gauge where you see a company, you're like, you know what? I love where these guys are at. I want to go in and invest on them or I want to work with them. Is there something that you put in there and then those people know at that same time, hey, we should be getting investment because mm -hmm. we're at this right stage. Is there something that you have as a measure for that? Actually, there are. The, the only thing is that uh, see this process from the entrepreneurial point of view is a little bit different from the investment. From the entrepreneurial point of view, the way that we, we did it was you know, we have go further, you know, we put our, our personal uh, financial uh, um, uh, money and also we developed the, the product. Product was completely 3D, was in the market, the beta test was done, you know. It was the numbers financially and the operational wise shows that there is a growth and we can reach to the city growth. So that was the moment that we as an entrepreneur see, okay, now is the time to bring others to this, you know, to share this story with them. But this is from the, you know, entrepreneur, because you want to see, you want to be sure that everything is in the right point, you know? So probably we were not in the best situation for the legal point of view, because, you know, they are coming and they do the just process. And we were not like documented enough because this is a game of the, all of this paper and etc. So of course, with the help and support of them and with a lot of, you know, uh, meetings with the investor, we understood that this is wrong or this is right. And we have to have this information otherwise, because when we were sure about the business itself and the operation itself, it was a time that we reach out to the investor. So this is a view of the uh, entrepreneur from the investor point of view. I think uh, the way I see is that, you know, 
first of all, I, at first, at the beginning, I check who are these funders and how much they are serious about this. Do they see, like, you know, if they are young, just graduated from university, this is really good. They are young, smart, and they will bring their smartness and brightness to the market. But the point is that this game do need maturity a lot of time, you know. So they are prepared for that, a lot of stuff that is going on or no. And then after I do, I see the, in, I mean, the um, founder group, uh, I check the, you know, the, the business model itself, the idea. Especially because right now there is a bit too much competition in the market. There are a lot of brilliant idea, but you know, it's enough. It is good to have it, but it's not enough. So I check the business idea. Is the business idea scalable, strong enough in order, you know, to invest on that in the long term and build it and change it and etc. So the, I mean, something like it, there is a real and actual needs in the market. The, the after all, even though if they're in the early stage, it's, it's, it's too much risk from the investment and money point of view, but uh, sometimes if the other elements, um, they are uh, properly, I mean, pointed, okay, it's okay if it's enlisted because enlisted also has a lot of benefit for the investment point of view, you know. It's a team, they are proper team and the business model and idea is a scalable and strong enough. Okay, it's, it's good that there is not traction yet. So after the beta test and et cetera, all of them, I mean, the quarterly or any milestone that they have, you can see that, okay, it has a, uh, enough value in order to back again, reinvest or pause investment, do not take a decision about investment and back to them in a month or two, especially because of the COVID. But you can see that this practice is repeated a lot. So back to them to see uh, if this cycle, it's work properly, this cycle is complete or not. Oh, and that's full rounded. I like that. There's, you're doing a lot of things to verify if that company is ready, but at the same time, you're seeing is the company de-risking or reducing the risk in the um, avenue to allow you to come in to invest? And are they doing the right steps from business plans and modeling and, and setting up their revenue structure for you to see that there is a movement going forward because you're going to invest early or you're going to invest late. So that you can come in at any stage, but as yeah. long as they're lining this up and continually updating everybody, there's going to be some uh, value for you. Is um, I guess when this, you've gone through this whole picture, you're working with the startup, you're getting a good feel for what they're looking for, what they're able to do. Uh, is there anything that you see from your business standpoint or business background uh, in a tech or whatnot that you look for maybe in the owner or maybe in the team or is it in the product? Uh, do you focus just on tech? Like, is there something that you structurally are looking for that will really help you get to the other side and want to make an investment? Actually, as I mentioned, it's a mix of a lot of elements, but more important is the team. I mean, it's the funding and business lead or leader teams because they are going to uh, execute it. They are going to, you know, dealing, communicating and building something. This is the first thing. The second one is the business model itself. So business model has something and innovation wise or even though from the needs point of view, is there any real or is just bubble or something like, you know, most of the sort of these days they say about the AI, but you know, AI, machine learning, they, are, they need time, they need the data. They, we are talking about the big data and et cetera. So, you know, that part, it's like a nice to have, but the core of the business as a business model have to make sense. And there is a need for that. I mean, they are solving some sort of real problem. This is the second item that they consider that. And the third item is that, you know, the, the rest, how is the projection? If it's the early stage, okay, how is the plan? They can planify like in three years, because after that, if they are a proper team and the model itself makes sense, they are the people that they can turn the pitch to something, you know, tangible. So this is the third part, is attraction, if already they have a beta or et cetera, if they don't have it, do they have like a three, three or four? Actually it's three, I guess is enough for us because you know the dynamic of the market is too much. So you cannot say like a 10 year uh, financial projection doesn't work unless you want to make a, you know, the second round of investments and you want to see that if they are, I mean, accurate enough in the first, how is their projection? You know, you want to evaluate the projection versus the model itself, yeah. And are you looking at when you're working with companies, do they need to be um, post revenue? Do you want them to be in revenue before you start working with them? Or do you look at them after? Uh, ideally is uh, having revenue, even though the point is that, you know, revenue has a one sign that this cycle that the owner or the founder that defined it works. 
is it perfect or is it not down the road, the time and et cetera, and the asset and all of the resources is going to prove that. But the point is that if you build something, especially unless you, have, you are working something in the long term, like a more R&D base, like if you take and et cetera, that you do need like a research in the long term, three, five, you know. But for the, I mean, especially for uh, um, uh, Angel point of view or from the early stage investor, if you make something that, you know, uh, can generate revenue i mean all of the this dots is connected and makes sense so it's a good sign you know after that is a challenge how we can make it double three times or four times and etc but if it's i mean earlier stage from the i mean the idea itself and the development itself you can be like we had a lot for example a startup that came to the group for example they have been like a four or five years in the market and they call themselves they're not earning stage enough and they didn't have any revenue for them this is the sign that this model is not working or this call all of the, this uh, cycle and these people together, people, resources, technology, etc. there is something wrong there, you know? So that is, there is a yes and no, but uh, case by case is different. But in general, if there is a revenue, revenue is a good sign. So you can see that this is, you can boost it and with uh, more money, more investment or more networking. Uh, so it's going to be, you know, uh, reach the growth or etc. can be successful business model, yeah. So revenues, they're going to help because they help proof that the market is there and that there's a value. I liked your three items of, are they solving a real problem? Do they have a strong team supporting the product and behind it? And uh, are they planned and balancing their risk? Not just now, but in the future. So yeah. I think those are uh, uh, three great things. Uh, now, when you're talking about balancing and planning risk, and I know we were chatting about this before and it, it, it came up as kind of a, a hot topic, but we're in COVID, out of COVID, playing inside of this uh, mystery box. Is there something here that allows or that you will work with startups on, on how to actually de-risk or balance themselves during COVID? Because their business might not be relevant or their business may be super relevant mm -hmm. and there's going to be risk factors on all sides. So uh, is there any um, things that you provide to share with startups on how to better balance uh, that type of risk? Um, and adapt during this time that we're going through. Mm -hmm. You know, you're right. You know, COVID almost changed all of the calculation, the growth that has been in investment, especially from the Angel and Angel group in 2019. It was completely different with the 2020, not because of the, there are not enough good idea or the new startup is because of the disease, but like unexpected situation, you know? And you can see that a lot of, I've seen that a lot of, you know, Angel groups, they are moving to the stock market in order to have a more balanced, uh, investment probably, but the other one is still they try to commit it or return some of the value that already generated through this market, you know? So that's why COVID a little bit changed the market from the way that I see that. But, you know, uh, for a sort of, I think for, in order to, you know, to pass these days and to reach to the point that they are, you know, they can mainly focus on the business, not like uh, all of the, this uh, unexpected situation that happened is that to, uh, first of all is manage the cash flow it's very important you know because now in the um, the way we see that in the maker also is like this that we do not expect it to see a sort of with the uh, reasonable number of revenue or the, you know the big traction but we are looking for the one that they can manage this kind of situation financially in the reasonable way i mean that cash flow management increase the runway or uh, do not expect it to do they do the, like a pivot or dramatical change because you know there is no sign enough sign in the market in order to that this business model or this product or this approach is not going to work because all the market still is in shock so the only things is that they can first of all they can manage and pass this stage to the communication team management etc that it is a sign of I mean, how much mature is the founder the second one is that they can survive through the, I mean, the already cash flow that they had or the, through the connection, the, the government part or any sort of sourcing that already they have activated or still are active in, in the market. So this is the other skill, but again, back to the funder that they, they have a, that financial, uh, I mean, the maturity regarding PNL and they can, you know, uh, pause for a while in order to see how is the market and back to them. So it's a skill to, you know, control and manage this cash flow. So it kind of really does come uh, come down to uh, managing your your cash flow, your burn rate, your run rate, um, and then trying to figure out how you're going to be able to survive in the next yeah. 
four to six months or longer. And that could be diving in and learning a bit more about government funding and support. So non-dilutive funding that can help you. So it really comes down to is that it's a real financial burden. You have to really hone in on survival and survival means keeping the cash close and yeah. uh, utilizing and paying for resources that you need in order to grow and not the reverse, not just stacking a team just so that it looks good if you're not going to be able to generate sales. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Three companies are right. Yeah, it's the same. So is there something that this kind of takes you away from a company? Like you've talked about how you de-risk it, how you find things that you're looking for when you want to make an investment, that they manage cash flow, that uh, they're, they're challenging, they're finding out uh, what they want to be, where they're going to go, they're solving a real problem. Is there something that distracts you from wanting to invest in a company, like things that you don't think companies should do? Uh, like just a couple of points that, you know, don't get a board uh, when you first start out. It's not something that's really needed. Maybe wait a year. Um, let your company get to a position where it's growing and it's learning and then bring a board on. Is there little things that you think that companies shouldn't put, put a lot of focus on because they're trying to get at least a position in their business to move it forward? Or are there anything like that that you look for that you would say, hey, you're doing too much, just do this? You know, it depends on the company and the stage that they are. For Especially for the, I mean, the, the company just funded, I mean, 2019 or they're early or the, the, the funded are fresh. Uh, we recommend them, you know, especially when we see them, you know, they are, uh, they haven't still understand how is the situation and how risky is that for, you know, to survive in this market. And so they are, you know, uh, hiring a lot of people or uh, advisor or kind of director, I can call that. They are, you know, well-known and they are expensive and too much commitment because there is no clarity about the long-term and mid-term future so if they are signed up with this kind of uh, not wasting money is like you know uh risking their burn rate in a short term if they are this kind of companies or the one that they are you know they try to uh invest a lot on the product i mean you know that especially the tech company or when the founder is a tech oriented they are playing with this product and the technology side of that you know because if you want to for example if you want to make something like ai based and you have like a you know, uh, you're hiring the, the tech guys are very expensive and they are very talented as well. So if they are investing in early stages in AI, like a special kind of, you know, uh, specialist or the, 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 the developer, etc. And for that, that moment is not matched with the situation of the company or even though they are investing in the other side, you know, the side business, like administration, operational, etc. So this is not a good sign. I mean, they are not probably, they are going to, I mean, survive in this uh, situation. So the resilience one, the one that they can stay in the market, they can be more wise. And this is a time of, you know, to be more logical than emotional. They are the winners. So definitely you are not going to risk on them. And definitely they are going to send, receive something message from the investment market that, you know, they have to learn how to manage this stuff, you know, even though the one that, because we have some of a sort of at the moment that they wanted, you know, they, I mean, everything was established properly and it was the moment for, you know, to boosting the business and because already they have had a steady revenue. So COVID hits. So this is a matter of the, I mean, the team management, communication and et cetera, and changing the plan. So one of the founders that we knew that, and it was like, a, uh, the reason why that we paused a little bit investment was because he couldn't manage this kind of crisis. You know what I mean? This was too much for him in, the, uh, in his plate. So he had enough time. I mean, there were a lot of, you know, intercommunication issue between the team member and et cetera, and the company and money, time, et cetera. So uh, we pause on the investment. So the case such as this one, yes, is a kind of blocker, yeah. That's interesting because uh, I like that you said, be logical and less emotional. And it makes a lot of sense that uh, sometimes we become too caught up in what we're doing, too emotional, and we forget that there's actually a logical way to get around the problem or to move it forward. Uh, so I really like that line. And I also, uh, I like that the, the, the points that you brought up, they're very accurate to the fact that they go back to your bottom line again. And I think a lot of startups, what they do is when they start to get those funds and they raise, they start to feel I need to hire everybody and they forget mm -hmm. that they only have so much money. Let's just say they raise 500,000, but they feel they should be a team of 10, uh, but they could probably accomplish what they need to do as a team of four. 
uh, instead of a team of two. So they've upped their game. They brought in two people, but they focused exactly what those two people's roles were to offset the, maybe the workload, but increase the revenue load. So a lot of it goes back to focusing on the sales side and other times companies will go into that heavy build. Like you said, they're going to start doing tech like crazy and thinking they need every bell and whistle. And I think a lot of the times they forget that those bells and whistles confuse their audience and that they need to slow down the release process of what they're doing with their product because the more clients they bring on, the more things they're going to get feedback on what's actually missing or what's needed from a tech stack standpoint. Um, and then that again costs money. So there is a, a slower approach that allows you to learn the space you're in and a bigger approach that brings those revenues in to support mm -hmm. those next growth and changes. So uh, I 100% agree with that. And I think that that's fabulous because uh, I think a lot of times um, startups get too excited about the product and they forget that they need sales and they need mm -hmm. uh, to do everything in a tactful way, just like they were able to raise money tactfully. They need to take that and use that against resourcing and planning and structuring of their business. That was good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> very, right. very, uh, very good. So is there, uh, in, the, in the time that you have been investing, is there been a story or an exciting moment that you've been part of that you really liked and said, you know what, this startup came from this. I, I heard about them two years ago. And then when we got into them and started working with them, I really saw them, uh, you know, uh, blossom and, and bloom into something great. Is there some exciting story that you want to share? I love stories. So I'm, I'm looking for one of those exciting startup stories that you've been part of or that you've heard or whatever that can really just emphasize kind of the way the market works and where the downs and ups like you talked about can fit in. Is there something there that you want to share? Uh, the point is that, you know, I'm pretty new in the investment side. So for me, is still is you know discovery and listen and you know you're right the story of the people each startup they have their own story so we have been a story of the startup that the, you know they came with a very funny very entertaining business idea and they jump it in two years and after that because of the some you know not proper modeling or financially modeling the the business they were to the moment that they wanted to shut down and and the last moment uh the one lead came up and they trusted him and you know the company again but the good things is that the company again stand up and you know back to the not the previous uh, uh, point that they have been but the point is that they knew uh with this injection that is to be honest it was trust on the people you know because this, this, the business model was completely done so with that i mean the new injection the new new money they changed the business model very, very conservative without damaging the user experience that they already have and created for the user and they boosted the game. So still they try, you know, they try and they COVID a little bit hit, but in a good way because they, it was like an entertainment platform. So in the moment that everyone said that probably they are not going to, you know, back again to the market, the COVID a little bit helped them because the people had a more free time or more, probably, they, they need more entertainment or entertain, to be entertained. So, and also that trust that came from the, the close, I can the referral investor network, help them to, you know, to boost and back to the game. So uh, for me, everything, all the stories new. They, I cannot remember right now the, like uh, the one that it is like uh, awesome or something that it's, the only thing that came to my mind now is was this company. That yeah, it's the mixing. Oh, that's still pretty yeah. cool. Like they got to the brink of we're gonna fail, and yeah. they were pivoting and trying to change, and then someone kind of fed them the lifeline, and uh, they turned it around. And that's uh, a, a good pivot and a smart, smart play. So sometimes you got to be on the uh, uh, sinking or swimming or something, and then you got to yeah. get to the door, right? So eventually, someone gives you a life raft, or you make it away there yourself. But it's good that uh, they were able to get some help, and they turned the business around. So that's exciting. Yeah. That's very exciting. Yeah, but um, it came from the referral network. I mean, the, the, the things that I've seen that it sometimes is do the magic or that secret sauce or something happened last moment. It was like trust on the business community or the investor community. You know, sometimes this group, like Angel Group and the Mars and et cetera, with the people who are behind all these names, sometimes they are playing the very important and significant role in the success of the sum sort of that is a very important to mention that you know and uh it's good it's good that we have a, this kind of supportive community in the market 
and um, they can support the startup in the in the momentum that they need that yeah well before we jump into the rapid questions uh just because you've mentioned this a few times um and i i really do like it you mentioned a lot of the, the trust factor and i think it makes a big difference uh to an investor for sure and companies really do need to figure out how they de-risk it, but get themselves into a trusting position. So do you recommend that startups spend more time reaching out to the community, reaching out and trying to talk to all investors that they can talk to um, and really turn that into a job, like, or at least a really full-time role? Do you recommend that that's what's needed uh, if they want to be successful? Uh, is basically trying to streamline that story and really get it isolated down and get as much feedback as you can from everybody? Uh, or do you look at it being, you know what, only find investors that fit into your realm of investing? Like, how do you recommend from what you've seen on that side? I guess I do recommend that, you know, to protect or define a strategy in order to protect your IP and your idea. Because, you know, that how is it this market and how competitive is that? After you're sure about it, you are safe and secure because this is giving you the advantage in order to, to be in the market and the, all of the revenue and, and all of the strategy that you have learned in the years. I believe that the opportunities is everywhere. So if you want to be succeed, you have to, you know, look everywhere. Especially, you know, because uh, at the end in the network, you have to be connected enough or you have to look for the people that they can may, may help you. Probably the reason uh, of the, this kind of, you know, looking around is that you will uh, hear a fair uh, no or negative or rejection, which is good because for every kind of, I mean, every person has a different point of view because they are, especially in the um, angel groups, because they are investing their own money. So everyone has their own criteria in order to invest so more rejection more lesson learned in order to prepare yourself for your momentum to you know to be connected to the right person which is the right investor to understand all of the business model and you and the team and etc so for this reason i do recommend especially because i've seen that for now i mean the, uh, the mature uh, entrepreneur they are the people who are who are i mean getting more rejection than acceptance you know because accepted even though sometimes you don't get too much money but give you this feel and this bubble that, you know, everything is fine and there is no uh, problem. But the reality is that there is no perfectionist in this game. So as much as you can prepare yourself, as much as you are prepared financially, business model, etc., you will have more chance in the future when there is momentum that you are sitting or connecting with the right person or the right group and you are going to in 10 minutes take a decision, yes or no, you know? So this, all of the momentum and how much you are equipped for that momentum is came from this kind of networking. So I personally, to me, is that, you know, reach out everyone, opportunity everywhere. Do not be, you know, disappointed. Do not be, uh, I mean, keep, keep yourself motivated because, you know, even though, especially angels, if they say no, there is no meaning and there is no uh, reason that you are not proper. Probably you are not matched with the, all of the, uh, I mean, the portfolio he has defined for himself or a strategy. You know what I mean? So there are other opportunity, and uh, it's a matter of practice to you know to find yourself in this uh, uh, in this ecosystem. So I recommend it to go everywhere. Everywhere opportunities there. Yeah. I like it. And uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that, that, you know, the, you might pitch 50 and find the 49th, 50th person has an interest in your product, but the first 48 uh, gave you a lot of negative feedback or didn't like it. But all of that information is what led you to get that 50th person or 49th person to close. Because without all of that previous information, you wouldn't have got better. You wouldn't have been continuing to grow your company. And from the first pitch to the 50th pitch, that could have been yeah. three months. And the growth that you would have got just from all of those people giving you feedback is huge. So I love that, that uh, you got to get out there and pitch everybody. It's a, it's a full-time job. It takes a lot of work. Yeah, it is. It off. Eventually it will, right? We had one guy yeah. we, uh, that we were working with. We invested in one of his companies. And I think he said he kept a spreadsheet of all the companies he pitched. And it was something like, uh, I gotta, it was a while back, but it was, it was something like he had pitched 480 people. Probably, yeah. To close, to close off 20 people. So, uh, you know, it takes its, its toll, but at the end of the day, he learned a lot and you grow a business from it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, completely like this, yeah. All right, well, we're going to jump into, we have probably one or two more questions after, but we're going to jump into the rapid fire questions. So in the rapid fire questions, uh, 
I'll ask the question and you can just quickly give a yes, no, one, two, ten, whatever the number of questions is. But uh, we'll just do those quickly if that works for you. Yeah, sure. All right. So, uh, well, we didn't ask you what your favorite part of investing in startups was. So we'll ask that after. But, uh, okay, first question. How many companies or dollars do you invest per year? Okay, the, uh, I mentioned that, you know, because I'm, I'm early. So yeah. for me, it's more the, about the learning of the I mean, ecosystem and after that investing. Uh, for the first year, because, you know, I invest through Maple Leaf Angel. So for the first year, it was like a one or two. And down the road, based on the, you know, experience I get from the market and how is the formula and how is the proper numbers, you know, because you don't want to make it too much risk. At first, you want to learn more. So I go like a double it or even though sometimes it is more. So I'm in this stage. And the current situation is like I want to stay with this, especially for COVID. I want to stay like a two and three and then let's go on what's happened and how is that? I do I my, uh, yeah, I, I do my best in order to commit it to the community, you know. So, uh, so let's see how it's going on. Hopefully everything goes well. Yeah. Nope, that's perfect. And it's the best way. The, the last thing you want to do is go all in and then find out that uh, it doesn't work and then you're not really working in the space anymore. So nobody wants that. So yeah. being a programmatic approach is brilliant. Uh, do you do, have you done or do you, or you're looking forward to doing any follow-up investments in the companies you're in? No, for me, you know, it ha didn't happen. But the point is that I do trust on that if the company has, I mean, uh, especially because nowadays, because the one that will perform better, they are less risky, you know, because you know the team, you already go to do, through the, all of the process and you did the due diligence. So if the cycle is okay and it's working and they have their, they, they reach and hit the milestone, why not? Because it is riskier, less risky than, you know, investing in a new company and go through all of this process and you build a relationship and the trust already. So definitely, yes. But so far, no, I haven't had the chance to, you know, okay. uh, to reinvest. Yeah. Any notable portfolio companies that you'd like to share? Just the name or the interest in them or the value? You don't have to do all of it, but just something that you find that you like about them? Uh, the tech uh, ecosystem is broad, but I personally, I, I like it because I believe on the digital uh, side of the business is going to change. So I, th I think I'm looking for e-commerce. I'm looking for the uh, clean tech. Uh, anything AI-based, machine learning-based, I think is a good spot to dive in. Everything that it is has some social and, you know, uh, and... Uh, benefits for the people and even for the society i guess it's good to go there but not a specifically uh specific i mean sector no i'm very open and any subject definitely my i mean i don't have you're enough generalist. Money, you know. sorry you're a generalist it's perfect uh, yeah because it's still, it's still i don't have to so i i try to reduce the risk as much as possible yeah okay uh, yeah, they they are, yeah they're good good shot as well yeah okay do you have any preferred terms uh, common share, uh, convertible note, something safe and risky. And to be honest, it depends on the company and maturity of that. For early stage, I think, I feel like it's more negotiation. How much do you connect it to the team and the founder? And after that, you can figure out how is the process. Yeah. Okay. And if okay. I can, I can add something like a value to the team and etc. of course, add that. Awesome. To be like a part of the team as well, why not? Yeah. Uh, do you have a timeline for your investments? Like you like to work with a company for a month or three months before you make an investment? For us, since we are part of MLA, so uh, they make our life a little bit easier because they do diligence and a lot of this process. They are huge help. And also we have uh, this kind of network. And uh, for me, it's more, more like a more per my personal due diligence process in order to, you know, to get to know the team, how is it, their skill, et cetera. And they are matched or I can add some value for them. So not very specific timing, depends on the case and the, you know, sometimes I love the idea, but sometimes, you know, it's taking time, two, three, four months. And after that, after three, four months, you see that, you know, it's not the proper match for two sides. You know what I mean? So yep. it's case by case is different. Yeah. Okay. And you take board seats? I love to do that. If, I mean, we are proper match and we can, I can personally add value and they are looking for something like a, you know, advising or someone can help them in order, you know, to boost their business, to bring more, I mean, uh, community to the game, or bring any other knowledge, et cetera. Yes, definitely, I would love to be part of that. But, you know, because I see that as a, as a job, you know, isn't that like, you know, you want to be mentor because board seat is not mentorship. It's your part of it, that game with them. So 
uh, it's a little bit more responsibility. So if I select a company or we have selected both sides, we agree to work together, why not? And uh, I do my best in order, you know, to, uh, to generate any value for them. Perfect. And is there any other ways that you mentioned a couple of these or any other ways that you like to help startups outside of just financing? Like, will you join the team, work for them? I do love, yeah. Yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. You know, my background, I came from that sector as well. I've been there fully 100%. So sometimes even though that it's not my part or because of any reason, or even though they are not in the stage that I can help them financially, I try to connect them and I do that, you know, connect them with all of the resources. You have you seen some of the examples that I send the startup to you because I believe there are some value in the team or the business idea itself. So yes, I do my best to mentoring them, helping them as much as I can. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. I love it. Uh, okay, so that's the rapid fire questions. So one last question for you is in your crystal ball, where do you see the market going in the next, 12 months and 36 months. And what I mean by that is based on COVID, as we move our way through, do you see everything opening back up and uh, more investment going into startups and what sectors? Or do you see that the investment for the next 12 months is going to be reduced and only here and versus in 36 months, you think it's going to blow up? What's your kind of crystal ball telling you that uh, all of the startups out there can look forward to? I hope I had that answer, you know, I create answer. The point is that, you know, the global picture has been a little less positive, you know, but always there are a lot of opportunity in the momentum such as this one. I think I see, as I mentioned to you, I see some move in the uh, online businesses, especially, you know, the rise of, uh, from the customer point of view, from rise of, you know, Gen Z that they are, you know, expecting to respond in the moment's need. I think they will affect of the digital, especially because uh, most of the company or most of the businesses came to digital, but this digital structure, I mean, just having the website, et cetera, doesn't have is digitalized. So I see that some move in that area, some new technology and something uh, will come up to the, this area. And definitely because of the COVID, uh, there are some kind of attention to um, health space, biotech, and, you know, because they are kind of problem solver and they are looking for the same issue and the problem, I've seen that. But investment, I think is going to, I feel like, uh, especially in the group and all of the, com- the close community that I have, I see that it's a little bit slow and conservative. So uh, I don't think so it's going to have the, the, the same speed of last year, but quarter by quarter based on the progress of the general economy is going to, you know, you see something like a, uh, good news about investment, but uh, yeah, uh, See, but the point is that, you know, some part of the market, such as, as I told you, the biotech and, and something more health or oriented or from so they call, before they haven't had enough attention, probably was not fair for them. And now is the momentum that they came up, you know, so is like a other side of the I mean, sectors is going to be more balanced based on the needs on the market, but definitely digital everything is going to be digital and the business who are helping or is this process, they are going to be winner. For, for both both party, yeah. Keep it digital. I like it. Yeah. Good. It's good. Yeah. And there's a lot of change. So, uh, I guess the the final thing, even though I said that was the last question, what's your favorite part about investing? And I give you the last word to say whatever you want to share with the startup community. Uh, so, uh, in order to share with the startup community, is that you know, uh, everything is very tough. You have a more responsibility as as a funder before. It's one of them is that is to manage yourself, your family, every beloved one. The other things is that the other baby or the other dream that you have built and you take a decision in order to, you know, make it happen. So you have to make in balance between two. Now, right now, if it was before, right now, uh, you have a true responsibility, two things that have to be, um, I mean, to uh, is in your hands. One of them is that your personal self, how you're going to manage yourself and others, and the other one is your business and the people who are attached to that business from the employee, colleague, and et cetera, and even the investor. So it's not going to be easy job. It's not going to be, uh, I mean, uh, uh, any secret solution or secret sauce. You have to just be resilient, you know, to pass these days and stay with the idea and stay with your dream because these days will pass. And uh, so let's see how it's going on and let's to be efficient and, and reasonable as much as we can for the moment time and the moment momentum. Yeah. But there are a lot of people in the community that can help you unless 
you have to reach out to them. You know, it's not the time to stay. You have to be extra, uh, you know, double, to be superhero, you know what I mean? For yourself and for others. So there are potential uh, help and support in the market. Just you need to show that you need help uh, from the, I mean, the advising mentorship uh, point of view and even doing investment, yeah. This is the, 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 the last thing that I can uh, tell them, but you know, I know it's not going to be easy for a founder and, and a startup, yeah. I love it. Well, you sound like you've got it, uh, you're very passionate and helpful with helping startups. Uh, I took lots of notes, which I love to do. So it was a great conversation. Uh, I think you shared a lot of great, uh, a great material for startups to listen to and, and to better understand how they should be risking and going through business. And uh, I love the, the last line about being resilient and uh, asking for help when you need it. Don't be a superhero. Uh, balance yeah. life out. And I think we all have a tough time doing that as entrepreneurs, but uh, I think that's some great advice. So Azam, I think, thank you very much for all of your time today. Uh, I think you did a fantastic job, lots of great information, and uh, we'll call that a wrap. You got the last word, so thank you. Thank you really so much for you and for your support for Opian. Always, you know, you know that always when we need you, uh, I just sent a message in the LinkedIn when we connected. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, with having the people like you active and committed, more important, is committed to this community for in the up and down. This community is going to be, I mean, it grows every day by day and it's going to be unique. Thank you so much for your time. Yes, have a great time. Thank you very much. And we appreciate your support too. So thank you so much. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Have a great day. Bye. All right. That was awesome. So I think we got a lot of great information. Uh, Just to throw out a couple of things. Man, huge. Like, I love the be resilient part. You know, I, I think that there was a few times that's come up, but really being resilient and, and taking care of your and balancing life, your colleagues, your investors, your family, it's a lot of work. But man, when you get in there, if you need help, reach out. You don't have to be a superhero just to uh, be able to take care of your business. But there's a lot of people out there that'll help if you ask. Uh, she provided a lot of, a lot of great information. I love the, the things about de-risking it and, and you know it's about team solving a real problem and then balancing that risk so those are great three things that she talked about and uh, uh, I think overall uh, you really have to figure out how to balance that cash flow and she mentioned that a few times uh, hire the right people at the right time don't get stuck in the dev cycles uh, balance your product get product fit and then start to grow your sales so Azam had some great, uh, great value to offer. So thank you very much, Azam, for all of your time today. Uh, it's been great getting to uh, learn more and work with you. So keep up the hard work. And uh, everybody else, great job. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>